The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Hey everyone, welcome to another Tech Check Plus live stream. I'm thrilled to have Cameron Hijazi with me, co-founder or founder and CEO of Scent. Right, Cameron? How are you? Co-founder. Yeah, I have a great team that started Scent with. I'm great. Thank you. So there's a lot going on in the NFT world now for the last year. Um, certainly just ramped up. Talk about your decision to stop most NFT sales uh, on your platform and what the industry at large is sort of grappling with right now. Yeah. So like any explosion, uh, there is a huge trend happening before us with digital asset ownership. And we're still figuring out how to react to the types of behaviors that we see. Uh, there's obviously a lot of opportunistic behavior going on by people who want to make a quick buck and act in a way that is inconsistent with a lot of the values of the space. And so for us at Scent, you know, we're a relatively small platform. We are not the majority uh, of NFT volume transactions by any means. And, you know, we had our tweet marketplace last year, and we also have our own minting platform at beta.cent.co. And for us, what we started to witness was a lot of uh, counterfeit NFTs on our platform. And we repeatedly tried to curtail that behavior, ban offending accounts, but we just felt like it kept coming up and we didn't have a robust solution. And so for us, we're in a position where we can turn it off. We can stop uh, the uh, sales of NFTs on our platforms. Again, we're relatively small, but we think that this is something that we hope to start an industry-wide conversation around because it's not going to stop by any one platform taking one action. We actually think that there's a much greater call here uh, for collaboration in the Web3 space. We should also say that your platform kind of made its name by minting the first NFT of Jack Dorsey's first tweet, right? Not the first NFT, the first tweet from Jack Dorsey. When you say that you think that there's sort of an industry discussion we can have, we can be having sent turned off sort of the, the platform for NFTs, but OpenSea and other platforms can do that too, right? They're just choosing not to. Yeah, I think that they have a much larger set of stakeholders, both on their cap table, but also all of the projects that rely on them for trading activity. You could imagine that all of the good intention products or uh, communities out there that hold digital assets turn to OpenSea as a source of funding and liquidity for their projects. And yeah. it would be very uh, hurtful if OpenSea was just to blanket uh, stop the activity. I mean, they've seen backlash for even doing things like limiting the number of NFTs that people can create. And I guess it comes to the sort of core paradox of the NFT world, right? And Web3, this is supposed to be a decentralized platform. NFTs are decentralized and that's sort of the value that people see in them. But when things go wrong, users, who want these same principles, they want the platform to act. They want rules to be reinforced, right? So where does it go from here? When you're having this discussion, what needs to be fixed? How are you thinking about it as sort of your platform is on pause? Yeah, I really do think it's an industry-wide thing. Just like we saw with NFTs enabling creators to go cross-platform and live wherever they want to live, whether it's on Scent or OpenSea or any other platform, I think there's also an opportunity for marketplaces and the products that service 
these communities to step up and use those same tools to kind of come together, right? There's no reason why Scent and OpenSea and Rarible and all of the other marketplaces can't start using the NFT standard or some other standard to add uh, data about the type of activity happening in an open and transparent way so that anyone building a marketplace can start to use that data and enforce behaviors that uh, we as an industry do not stand by. What's preventing that from happening then? Honestly, it's communication. So I think we're starting the dialogues right now. Uh, I'm in DMs with Alexander Atala, one of the co-founders of OpenSea, and I'm also working with a DAO to spearhead some initiatives on it, but it's very early. The whole industry just blew up last year. And so we're still grappling with how to deal with these problems. And you know, I think there's a lot of really promising solutions out there. It's just, we have to really put our heads together and write the code, ship the product, uh, get it out there. Right, so you know, when I read about it, it just seems this paradox, it seems impossible to solve, but you and the people who have created this platform, you do see a way that you can use tools that are in line with the Web3 ethos to, I guess, like enforce these rules. So it's not just one platform. The rules themselves are decentralized. Is that correct? Yeah. And we're starting to see early signs of that. You know, the long arc of all this uh, tokenization that we're seeing is digital identity. And certain platforms like Rabbit Hole is a great example. They actually just announced uh, a big round of funding. So congrats to them. Um, but they're focused on decentralized credentials. So the actions that you take on their platform give you uh, owned credentials that you can then go and bring to other platforms. And there's no reason we can't take a similar approach like that uh, around content creators or community projects and initiatives that come out. So you decided to halt sales on your platform. OpenSea has not, as you said, there's issues if they were to do so, they're a much larger platform. Um, but how do they solve this? I mean, it's such a tricky, rope that they are walking right now. Do you think that they should be doing more? What could they be doing? I know they're working behind the scenes, but in the meantime, people are being scammed. Fakes are being sold. Yeah, it's definitely a problem. And I think the most, the, to the extent that they can really curtail that behavior uh, with, you know, DMC takedowns, DMCA takedowns and the other traditional mechanisms, I would definitely encourage them to do that. Ramp up staff needed to do that, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and uh, I'm sure that they're on it. I'm sure that there's a million things going on there and that this is the top. There's, yeah. But there's the draw. You said that they have some very large backers. They want to remain the number one in this space. A lot of early tech is about capturing that market share and perhaps, you know, moving fast and breaking things, right? That's an age old Silicon Valley uh, way of thinking. But where does that yeah. leave them? Yeah, well, you know, in order to be the best, you have to ultimately be on the righteous path, I believe, fundamentally. And and I think that they're not stupid. They know that they need to fix this problem. Um, and I know that they're actively thinking about how they can fix it. And so, you know, stopping NFT sales on their platform, pretty extreme move. I don't expect it to happen. Yeah. But I do expect there to be dialogue, not just with us, but with other people in the ecosystem, because that's how we get stronger. That's what the whole principle of Web3 is, interoperability, trustlessness. And so, yeah, I encourage anyone to reach out and start collabing with us on this problem, because it is what very, happens, very, yeah. What happens to Scent now? It seems like if you're stopping the sale of NFTs, growth is going to be you know, halted as well. So what do you, what do you hope for the platform? Yeah. So we think, uh, we have a perspective on the NFT markets that, uh, stems in the creators that we serve. We're fundamentally a creator, 
uh, focused platform, as opposed to some of these projects out there that are really focused on communities, profile picture avatars, uh, initiatives like that. And so for us, uh, we see a lot of creators entering the space who are making NFTs and don't even know what they're selling. And a lot of their fans don't even know what they're buying. And so our goal as a company is to reduce the barrier as much as possible, even start to eliminate the cost component around minting NFTs and collecting them. And so that's where we're going to be focusing uh, for the next six to 12 months. Okay, then talk, um, talk Cameron a little bit broadly about all the hype that we're seeing in the NFT world. Um, I remember like, I think just over a year or two years ago, um, no one even knew what they were, right? And now you have every celebrity, every athlete pitching their NFTs. Where does this ultimately shake out? Uh, I think at the, the end state is digital identity. Uh, NFTs are a part of your digital identity. They represent who you are uh, in, in the metaverse and they're not going anywhere. Uh, uh, or they're not going away anytime soon. In fact, it's only going to be uh, more and more proliferated. And I think on the market side, there definitely is a bubble in my mind happening. You know, you look at some of the key things that people look for in NFTs. One of the metrics is the floor price, right? Community members rallying around a raising floor price, a rising floor price uh, in the asset that they collect. And to me, that's just pure speculation, right? Yeah. You're just trying to see the value of your asset uh, inflate so that you can sell it to someone else and then, you know, repeat, do do another investment in another project. But there's a lot of financial tools that are like that exactly, right? Is this just the digital form? It's the value that people place on it. So sort of what's wrong with that? How do you determine what type, what's going to keep its value? Are the tools yeah. different in this world? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can judge for yourself what you think is authentic or not. I think we've seen an explosion of these derivative profile picture projects. Um, yeah. And when you see these patterns emerge over and over again, you know, Are this you isn't just- any in particular? Like, do you think, do you think Bored Apes? No, I, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't collect them. So I, I just see them on my timeline all the time because everyone <laughs> in the NFT space is, is fascinated with it. But, you know, I was around through many crypto cycles before, and it's very reminiscent to me of the ICO bubble in 2017, 2018, mm -hmm. where we saw, you know, a lot of enthusiasm rallying around this and uh, long term is correct, right? Protocols yeah. governed by tokens are a valuable thing, but short term, um, and that's the ICO, you know, version uh, for NFTs, also NFTs representing your identity and profile picture form also valid, but the speculative behavior that we're seeing is just completely irrational in my mind. Okay, wow. So that, that's kind of a big statement, though. You're saying that it looks a little bit like the ICO bubble, which really popped. Do you think that we're going to see a deflation of that size also? Yeah, I do. I think it's also going to look a little different because as opposed to being concentrated in, you know, uh, let's call it 50 projects, there's now thousands of NFT projects out there. And so it's going to be this very decentralized deflation. And I think it's going to hit a lot of communities hard. Hmm. Let me ask about one in particular, because it is in the mainstream so much, and that's the Board Ape Yacht Club. What happens to these NFTs and this genre? You know, I, again, I'm not an expert uh, when it comes to the, the uh, sort of inner workings of these uh, blue chip, let's call them profile picture projects. I do know that they have a very passionate community and mm -hmm. that they're doing a lot to bring utility into the, into the equation. Right, things like meetups at NFT NYC and other types of initiatives uh, really kind of get people involved and uh, staying involved. And so, 
I'm hopeful that those uh, really engaging projects will continue to engage the communities and continue to bring value to them. I don't, I don't have a grudge or anything against them. I, I think it's really cool what they're doing. I just, you know, can I defend uh, <laughs> several hundred thousand dollar valuation for one? No, I can't. Is it art? Yeah, for sure it's art. I think it's art, it's moments in time and it's community. You know, I think a lot of people have probably made really great friends through these uh, communities, uh, both in real life and in the metaverse. And so for some of that stuff, I really do think it is priceless, but also, you know, <laughs> you have to ask how much you're willing to spend. How much you're willing to pay. <laughs> yeah. And I guess yeah. you're not willing to pay for one. Is that right? Well, I don't have that kind of money, so. <laughs> what, I mean, okay, let's say, let's say you did have all the money in the world, what, which NFTs would you be interested in? Which do you think are actually going to retain their value or be worth more? Is that a Beeple who, you know, was first on our air a long time ago and people were like, what is this? But, you know, is there value to what he's creating? Do you think that this will hold up over time? Honestly, that's, that's a really tough question. I mean, I have my personal favorites as artists, but I don't think it's doing justice to anyone watching the stream for me to comment on that. Fair enough. Fair enough. You're remaining neutral. Um, okay. And what do you think that with all, with celebrities and athletes, do you think that there's going to come a reckoning? Will that hurt their brand in the long run if this bubble does burst? Yeah, I think it has the potential, but also there's real utility in owning uh, a celebrities NFT. I think that if it is somehow possible to get closer to this larger than life icon that you are just totally obsessed with, uh, there, there's redemption there, right? And so even if the market kind of goes, you know, crashes, I think that there's still the opportunity for celebrities to say, no, I actually believe in this asset that I issued and I'm going to turn it into something that endures and and is a part of my brand. And, and so I think it's not, um, but how do you tell for, you know, for viewers out there too, who are trying to figure out is this celebrity just trying to make a quick buck or really trying to connect with their fans and their community? Any tips? Yeah, I would say, listen to the, the icon themselves. A lot of them have media teams that manage the, the projects that they do. And the more removed that a personal figure is from that process, the more antithetical I feel like it is to NFTs in general, which are about disintermediation and connecting you directly peer-to-peer. Uh, uh, -peer. Okay, then, then give me some tips because we talked to a lot of these people. What kind of questions should you be asking to know if someone is selling an NFT is genuine about it or has you know their agent or PR team or something pitching it for them? Well, I, you know, that's a difficult question because for us at Scent, we're taking a different tack. We are making it so that um, creators can release NFTs, large and small can release NFTs for free to their fans uh, uh, and also have paid tiers in it. But really it's about expanding digital ownership foremost. I think uh, in terms of answering, you know, if you're gonna do a big drop, what, what process you wanna be involved with uh, as a creator or as a figure, it's really difficult uh, because there's so many different industries that are represented, right? A sports athlete is very different than say an actor. And, and so the way that they go about engaging with the NFT production process is gonna vary heavily on a case-by-case -case basis. Yeah, well, fascinating discussion. Um, it's, it's a fascinating moment as well for the whole industry. A lot of this obviously still needs to be played out. Uh, Cameron, thanks for chatting with us today. We'll have you come back on uh, hopefully sometime soon to see where we are next. Awesome. Thank you, Deirdre. Take care.
This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.